Hey guys, it's Carrie and Zach here from the Coffee and KOs crew. And Zach, I got a question for you. You ever wake up on a Sunday morning and think, man, I'll cook the family some breakfast this morning? Yeah, time or two. Have you ever noticed how you throw the sausage links up on the griddle to one side, you throw the eggs up on the griddle to the other side, you never cook them touching? No, you don't ever want them to touch. It's weird. Yeah, I agree, man. I just, and, and it got me to thinking, why do we do that with our underwear? I have no idea. That's a really good question. Uh, yeah, I think it is too. But let me tell you, fellas, Sheath has solved that problem. They have come out with men's underwear with not one, but two pockets to keep your eggs and sausage separated. Thank goodness this has been a problem for way too long. I can't believe it took, I'm 26 years old, 26 years at least, to come up with uh, something so intelligent. The material is great. Everything about Sheath underwear is amazing. And what's even better, we have a promo code. Promo code COFFEE and KOs. If you use the promo code COFFEE, the letter N, KOs, at checkout, you get 20% off your entire order. It's a hell of a deal. And let me tell you, the underwear are well worth it. So make sure you go to sheathunderwear.com. Promo code COFFEE and KOs. Make sure you separate the sausage and the eggs. And make sure you sheath your dagger, sheathunderwear.com, coffee and KOs promo, 20% off. Go get yourself the most comfortable underwear in the world, and don't forget to sheath your dagger. Ladies and gentlemen, Fight Bananas presents Coffee and KOs podcast. We're crazy about fights and jacked on caffeine. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Coffee and Chaos podcast. And fellas, do you hear that? It's crickets. That card was freaking terrible. Oh my goodness, that was so bad. Um, just a just a snoozer of a night. You know, there's always a couple of those a year on a on a UFC card. And you know, there's always at the end of the year when Steve and I and if Aaron joins us when we do our end of the year support superlatives, this will be the card we go back to and say. Definitely an underperforming card for sure. 
Yep, that is uh, kind of the story of the night for me. So you have uh, what should have been a 13-fight card that gets trimmed down to nine fights. We lost a lot of good fights that I think we wanted to see. The the Menafield night fight was going to be awesome. I wanted to see Angela Hill, Ashley Yoder. That would have been a good fight. Um, And then you go into eight of nine decisions throughout the whole night. It was just kind of not a lot of great memories to reflect on in this one um the main event was you know i I like to see cyril gone go in there and get an awesome win for him so that was kind of the highlight for me obviously kevin crew my guy didn't get to show out like the way that we wanted to i know that we might have had a little bit of a bet zach i don't know if we have to say something to the people out there fight bananas I don't know. I don't know exactly what word for word was, but Aaron. We'll, we'll, get, and, we'll get it to you. You know, we'll figure it out. But uh, Dave and Aaron take round one of the. Yeah. You know, bananas. You know, that, that's another thing we can do too is keep keep score of uh of those those little yeah. fun bets that we that we do as a as a show. But yeah, overall was just a was just a rough card. I mean, thank God for Munoz Rivera. That was honestly the fight that uh. Stuck out the most was definitely the most um, entertaining. I mean, the Bueno Silva fight was pretty good. De La Rosa, like that wasn't awful. I thought that was a decent fight. Um, so uh, overall, though, yeah, the card wasn't great. Um, honestly, I'd want to start at the at the Munoz Rivera card because I, I, I fight. I thought that that fight was really really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that that certainly is fight of the night. Um, and I think, you know, before rather than completely piling on here, it's like this just sometimes I think is what happens when you do have a lot of close matchups uh, skill wise is that you're going to go to a lot of decisions. Both guys aren't going to be in exactly dangerous situations because they're similarly skilled and really good. Uh, so that's kind of just the other way of looking at a boring card, I guess, here. Um, you know, eight of nine fights went to a decision here. But yeah, Munoz multiple times looked like he was getting ready to finish with those uh, calf kicks. Uh, I just had to mute the commentary after a while because, uh, honestly, I thought Bisping was at his all-time worst tonight. Um, I just couldn't really listen to him much when he started trying to justify a lot of different weird you know, weird takes early on, like Alexis Davis losing a uh, clear fight she was winning the whole way. or Like, even in this fight, he was like, they should outlaw calf kicks because they're working too well. Like, I don't know what he was talking about. Like, well, I, I saw he was talking about that people. He didn't, wasn't necessarily saying it. From what I heard, he was saying that that's something that has been discussed with people that it should be illegal. Which I don't why know if he was justifying it. it. I oh, no, I hundred percent agree. Like, it didn't I, add I anything to the conversation uh, or like the commentary. It was just a weird, like I don't know. But yeah, I mean, Munoz, um, you know, looked quicker than usual in this fight, and. uh Took some really, really hard shots as well from uh, Rivera. I don't usually see Rivera throwing punches like that. So, um, like, kind of was out of desperation once he didn't really have a base from his legs. But, yeah, I mean, good fight. I think these guys will find a way to fight again, too, with where they kind of end up in the rankings and everything. I mean, Rivera's gonna, who's Rivera fighting after this? Someone he's going to probably clearly beat, in my opinion. Like, he loses to a guy like Munoz, beats a guy like Munoz. Munoz loses to a guy like Rivera, beats a guy like Rivera. They'll keep fighting each other. They should just run that back like at least once a year. Just keep fighting each other. Yeah, it's, it's always entertaining. 
We'll get it. Well, you need the you need the trilogy fight, right? Because they fought back and Rivera took the split decision, but that was like you know six seven years ago, and then this one's still another close fight, and just two great competitors, two great competitors in there, who again, like you said, will probably remain in the top ten. We don't really know what to do with them right now, but man, they both look really good. That that was a super fun one to watch, and uh, definitely fight of the night without a doubt. Yeah, I think I think they definitely have to run it back. Um, this time a lot sooner than seven years from now. Uh, yep. Hopefully, I would, I hopefully would hope so. I, I think that that fight could headline a fight night. I really enjoyed. I, I think that fight is really really good. I think that it would have to have a little bit more implications though. You know, I, I it would have to be. I feel like a little bit closer to something to do with getting closer to the belt. Um, you know, I feel like you can't really have that as a fight night now. I think if like Munoz goes on like a two fight three fight win streak, Rivera comes out two fight three fight win streak maybe then you start thinking about that as a fight night main event if not though i'm all for that being on a main card though too because i thought that fight was was great and on a night like tonight those two definitely both get 50k bonus on based on you know performances of the night or fight of the night yeah i think it would be a good idea to maybe when i'm looking at the rankings like marlon marias has kind of been on a little bit of a skid maybe that's kind of a next fight to make in that division because as soon as you start getting into you know seven through one i mean frankie Edgar went in there beat Moonhose. you know i don't know where he, maybe he could fight jimmy rivera next um that would be a fun fight to watch but then you start getting into the killers it's jose aldo cody garbrandt rob font sanhagen so i, I don't think they're going to be able to hang with them necessarily um, but those are some fun fights that we can still make out of it. Yeah, there's like a Sunset House somewhere in there. Rowan, yeah, Garcia, exactly. Yeah, all these guys. That's like the type of guy that he'll fight and beat. Yeah, and then and then we had uh, we had um, co-main Krilov versus Ankalaev, which was a good fight. You know, at, at round one. You know, ex- uh, exchanging shots, and then you know, I was impressed with Ankalaev. You know, he he. You know, he, we're used to him going in there and knocking guys out. He really showed how he's, you know, he is a, a complete fighter. He can, you know, wrestle. Krilov is a good, very good wrestler, and he controlled him really, really well, especially in the later rounds. I actually, just for fun, put money on, I put uh, money on Ankalaev in round one, but then I actually put money on Krilov in rounds two and three, figuring maybe he'll engage in the wrestling, but it ended up being Ankalaev, who really was the more dominant wrestler in this fight, which, you know, yeah, I lost money, whatever, but it was a very good in, uh, performance by Ankalaev, and I think, I think he's he's a legit contender in that in that weight class. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. And he was a guy who was knocking everyone out. He has tremendous striking, but when when he was able to take it to the ground, I think that adds a whole other layer to his game. And and he's very legit. And I I was happy with Krylov. I thought he did a good job in that fight. I think he took uh, round one, and then Ankalaev kind of turned it up into round two and three. So. Uh, Krylov, I thought was a solid bet to make with the value. And I think, you know, we kind of hit the nail on the head with the over one and a half rounds. I think sometimes when you get that veteran experience and still this rising prospect, that's kind of what happens is, you know, he actually gets pushed to the limit. So I think that's really good for Ankalaev. We got to see him go the full three rounds. He looks really good. And I think, yeah, he, he's very legit and we'll definitely see more of him. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was, this was just, Two really similarly skilled guys, similar levels, um, you know, and Krylov has twice the competition experience and Ankalaev looked like the more seasoned veteran in this fight. Uh, kind of reminded me a lot of the main event also, which, you know, like both these guys 
don't have had about half the fights of their, you know, opponent. But like in this fight, I think Ankalaev just uh you know, I think he could have pushed for a finish maybe more at a few times, but again, like making Krylov look kind of boring is quite a feat because no one has really ever done that in his career. So that takes a certain level of skill. So uh yeah, I mean Ankalaev, I think you look at the top ten that the he can beat a lot of those guys. I think he's a top five talent. Um, don't know about title, but top five, I certainly think he can enter that pretty soon. And then we can get to the the heavy the main event. And I saw this comment. I actually like this. So Ciro Gan is the heavyweight uh, Izzy. You don't bring the fight. That's what you get pretty much Romero versus Izzy 2.0. And I do kind of agree. Listen, Ciro Gan is a freak athlete, man. Like the one thing I noticed, freak. just one, I did not realize how much bigger he was than Rosenstrike. Like when I looked on paper, he's like almost a whole head taller. And then he's he's obviously massive. And then the other thing that just crazy about him is he he is so light on his feet, like just being able to bounce in and out. And uh, he wasn't tired. Like he could look like he could have went, you know, another two, three, four rounds. Like it was just, it was really impressive. That is something that I was very impressed with. And I do think Cyril Gan is going to be a legit problem. I, I agree with that comment from Crazy HD Vids is, you know, at the end of the day, yes, the fight was boring, but Jarzinho Rosenstrike was on the losing end of every single round. Eventually, you have to just you know throw caution to the wind and say, okay, I need to finish. Like I need to do something, almost like he did in the Overeem fight, and he was just too he was too nervous or too scared or there was something going on. You know, Cyril Gan's intimidating man, and that just shows you how dangerous he is when Rosenstrike wanted nothing to do with it. Um, and he was fresher. He was just a fresher guy. He pushed the pace the whole time, but he was easily the fresher guy. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what Cyril Gan does. I think that if he would have come out and put on a crazy performance, I think you're talking title shot close. I think that he needs another fight at this after that performance. And it wasn't like it was a terrible performance, but it wasn't. It also wasn't, you know, like this this performance where we're going to go back and say that was a dominant performance either. So I think. From a psychological standpoint, he dominated Rosenstrike. Um, but skill set, I think he's definitely the much more skilled fighter as well. I mean, he had a couple takedowns, and you know, he did try to sink in a choke um, one of the rounds. I forget at the end of one of the rounds. Um, so I was impressed with aspects of his game. I wasn't. I wasn't impressed with the fight in general, but um, you know, overall, Cyril Gan is again. That's also his only his eighth MMA fight too, which is. Just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Cyril Gunn is 100% legit. He did not put on a mind-blowing performance, but he fought very smart. You're going against a guy like Rosenstrike, who you know can take you out in one shot. He just fought that smart. So I don't want to hear any of that crap about it being a boring fight, whatnot. You play that smart. You, pu you pushed him against the cage plenty of times. He got right in there, was in the clinch, tried to go for the takedowns. Um, again, we're seeing the use of the jab again, kind of like what Kamara Usman did, but his jab was just killing Rosenstrike every single round. He had no answer for it. Jarzino Rosenstrike almost never came forward at any point. And when he was throwing, he was just kind of throwing these heavy, big shots. And Cyril Gunn was light years away at that point. And then he would just kind of return fire. And it was just that was the name of the game for the whole fight. And Cyril Gunn. Put on an absolute clinic. I think he did a very good job in every aspect of MMA. He was throwing leg kicks. 
Um, he was, you know, he went for that submission at one point. I wish he was able to go for or score more of the takedowns. I think that's where he would, you know, really want to work on his game, if anything. But I mean, that's like a nine out of 10 performance for me. He put on a clinic. Yeah. I mean, he, he really did uh, put on a clinic. Absolutely. Uh, gone. Just, uh, I'd love to see him against Derek Lewis. I doubt Derek Lewis wants anything to do with that fight. And, uh, I'm sure everybody after last week is like, oh, Derek Lewis would destroy him. I don't think Derek Lewis would come close uh, to him, frankly. Uh, and I think that Gan would put on a pretty similar performance to that. Um, and people would start to be rooting for Gan to get kind of knocked out. But, I mean, Gan can get a finish. Gan can go 25 minutes. He's now shown in his eighth, eighth MMA fight. Not UFC fight. Eighth MMA fight. Um, and, uh, like, again, he shut it. He absolutely shut out Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck has 80 plus kickboxing fights as well. This was all fought at kickboxing range. Uh, and again, I think that if Rosenstruck would have pushed the pace, uh, I think that maybe that would have made a difference. I'll be honest. Like when he was starting to push the pace and be aggressive, I did see some reactions from gone that weren't amazing, but there was a reason Rosenstruck wasn't pushing the pace. And uh, I think it had to do with the movement. I think it had to do with the distance control that Gan did. And uh, I think that, you know, again, footwork, things that aren't, you know, like the jab that did land several times really hard. Also, he landed an overhand right really hard. He's landed leg kicks at times. Uh, you know, I mean, threatening for takedowns. There's a lot that um, Gan was doing that Rosenstruck was not doing. Uh, and then as a result, you know, once it got into the fourth round, once it got into the fifth round, it really was on Rosenstruck to push the fight, and he still didn't. So, yeah. 45. Yeah, it, it, it was like he was playing, uh, Cyril Gunn was playing chess. Rosenstruck was playing checkers. You could just visually see just like the how much better Gunn looked and how he's able to just control the entire fight. Jarzino looked scared straight up scared to move forward he was like flinching and he just didn't know what to do in there i know we're getting chirped in the comments right now but uh i don't know how you could say anything bad about cyril gone like we he answered all the questions like we know he has a ground game we know he has the power we know he has striking now we know he has the cardio and we know he has the fight iq he is like a full-blown great fighter i, I want to go back to the to the Derek lewis thing quick i agree with aaron i do think that he fights a similar fight to Lewis. And the only thing I can say is I think Lewis would throw more caution to the wind than uh, than Rosenstrike. Um, but that's not always certain because we didn't see it with Francis. So I think that Lewis might have done a little bit more to to try to, to you know finish the fight. But I still see it going the same way. He's going to bounce in and out, jab, bounce back out. He's just going to, he's probably the quickest heavyweight in the division. I mean, he's probably the most athletic heavyweight in the division. So, um, I, you know, I know I think David Thomason lost some money. I think he had money on gone by finish or Rosenstrike. Um, but (laughs) he's, he's pissed. But if he needs to go back and uh, and watch the fight, because I mean, listen, it was if you're a casual fan, it was a boring fight. Yeah, I 100% agree. But mm-hmm. if you are if you are a, a fan and you know and you do watch a lot of MMA, you would know that. Like it, Aaron had the perfect analogy before we went on air. If you're up 35, whatever, in a football game, what do you do? You run the football. 
Um, yeah. To, you drain the clock. You try to win the game. MMA is the same thing, except you're trying not to get your head punched off. Why? He why won. would you throw caution to the wind if you're up three, four? Like at that point, there was Rosenstrike was so timid to do anything. All God had to do was semi throw a couple punches and just kind of cruise for the last two rounds, and it was fine. I mean, so you know, I think that he's pissed, and that's cool. He must have lost okay. some money, but. Uh, oh, good. But this is why I talk about with a lot of MMA fans, MMA betters, MMA. It's this revisionist history that we get that now Rosenstruck is too one dimensional. He's not really that dangerous. Uh, he's not, never was that good. Uh, all these things that happen with Rosenstruck now, all of a sudden, he's not the number four ranked heavyweight. All, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, Gane is not supposed to be here at eight and oh. You know, like again, he's only 30 years old in the heavyweight division that isn't anywhere near uh, the tip top prime. And, uh, you know, it's like, again, like he was up three rounds to none, four rounds to none. Like, you don't all of a sudden now be like, whoa, people are watching. Let's do a flea flicker. No, you run it up, the, you do a dime with your backup running back. And he still was landing incredible shots. Again, like, this is a fight that, like, I hope they do a fight motion for because you're going to miss a bunch of shots I think you didn't even realize. Even though there wasn't that much action, like that step-in right that Gane landed like three or four different times, the takedown he had in the second round where he just kind of tossed him and then did the Aspinall choke and just didn't get the Aspinall yep. choke again. Like, again, if that was over right there, we're having a whole different conversation where I prefer what we saw here by seeing 25 minutes of Gane handle all of the mental obstacles of a guy in front of him who could end it at any point. Like, it's just like, you know, like it just is what it is. And, you know, I mean, I hit that dog money early too, Dave, but like, I, again, like I just think that this is a fight that is, you know, I'm not saying Izzy is Ghana and Ghana is Izzy at all because they're very different fighters. But, you know, I think that if we see a, fighter throw caution to the wind. If Derek Lewis throws caution to the wind, we might see a different result, but I'm not necessarily banking that at this point because the next time Ghana is going to get better each time he comes out for a while out, honestly. So yeah, this Ghana tonight might've lost to Lewis. I think the Ghana who fights Lewis in July on international fight Island, if Lewis chose to take this fight, that'd be a really good fight. Stipe against anybody in the heavyweight division I'm interested in, to be honest, because they're all interesting fights, honestly, for Stipe. I'm, I can't wait to see Nganu. There's no one I'd rather see than Nganu Stipe. So hopefully they stay healthy. But uh, if Lewis claims to not care who he fights and everything, Lewis Gane is the next fight for me. Yeah, well, I think yeah. that we need Lewis, uh, Lewis gone I, at this point because, I, like I said – Gon's performance was good. It was good. But, you know, to someone maybe even like Dana White, Dana White at times judges things as a casual fan. Let's be honest here. Like if it, he, he, he wants people to be, he wants the UFC to be buzzing. The only way the UFC is going to be buzzing viral knockouts and all that other stuff. So he, he wants that. So for me, and he's probably in his eyes is disappointed. He thought it could have been a better fight. I think oh, he wants crashing this right now. If he watched yeah, it. Yeah. Crashed. So he's probably like, okay, God needs another fight. Um, but I, I think, I think God answered, like you guys said, I think he answered a lot of questions. And just look at the cardio. 
he pushed the pace yep. the whole time and the he doesn't even look he look like he was sweating it was just it was it was great um and again the casual fans gonna think the fight sucked but if you like mma you're gonna like that that uh that fight and i i'm not all out on rosen strike do i think he's gonna be a champ probably not um but you know listen francis Ngannou had the same fight against Derek lewis and he's he's gone on a run do i think he's gonna end up being like Ngannou? no no one is like Ngannou. he's got different power but um you know I, i'm not gonna say rosen strike is completely out i just He's he is very one dimensional. That that is his problem. He and the one thing with Gone too that I was a little um, I, I wish he would have threw more elbows against the cage. We saw him finish JDS that way, and you know I, I don't think Rosen strikes striking is that good. That when he doesn't have the distance, like he can't really throw in close. I think if Gone would have threw a couple nice elbows, maybe a couple land get through and maybe finish Gone. But this is a good a uh, good comment here. Gone versus Volkov. Yes. would be crazy i think that would be yeah. a really good fight because you know volkov is a very good kickboxer but would like got or volkov also got taken down 14 times by curtis blades so would gone i know his wrestling is not as good as curtis blades obviously but would he be able to take down volkov at will i mean that's one thing that that you know maybe because like you said gone is obviously going to keep getting better as as he trains he's only 30 and only has eight pro fights been training yeah. for like five years total in combat sports between muay thai and mma this guy's just, oh, yeah. like it's just and it, yeah he, he's he like again it's like a 50 45 tells you a lot more than you know i mean we can kind of jump around here but uh to go to the first card of the main card with croom and caceres you don't know a lot from 31 seconds and you know, it's like, um, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, that de definitely Dave. We definitely killed it. Um, if you tuned in on Thursday, you made a lot of money tonight. Hey, um, you, you helped me out. I, I made my first bet of the night and, and I would have made more cause I was confident that, uh, the Russian guy was going to win, mm -hmm. um, the fight that got canceled Her, uh, versus Oliveira yeah. or whatever. That the, the the line dropped tremendously after that fight was uh was canceled. Yeah, no problem, Dave. And I appreciate we appreciate the passion here. That's what this recap uh, show is for. Uh, the banter back and forth, and you know, it sometimes you just get frustrated by a good performance. Go back after you get some sleep and rewatch the God fights from uh you know top to bottom because he's well, and we. And we can talk about banter because you were just saying Kroom and uh, the Kroom fight. And listen, we had good, friendly banter earlier in the week. You guys had had uh, Caceres. Obviously, Kevin Kroom's a friend of our show, so we're going to ride with our friend. But you yeah. guys, obviously, I mean, this is what we do it for. This is what it's all about is the good, friendly banter. And uh, at the end of the day, Alex Caceres was the, was the better fighter. And he, you know, look, really it good. took Caceres a long time to figure things out. It really did. He, it's, he's been in the UFC for a long time. I think that was like his 23rd and UFC fight. 11 years. Yeah. Um, like this is the thing with guys like Alex Caceres. They have all their losses on television in front of eyes. So you start to think, oh, oh, but there's lots of guys who come into UFC who are like 19 and 11 or something and have a bunch of losses in the middle of like Columbus, Ohio to like, seven and six guys early in their career. And that's 
what like early in the career is for, but his early career was all in the UFC in front of people, sometimes going against Gracie's and shit, who like just it's like I mean, eventually then you get into these situations where it's just like dude, he looked like a man tonight because Sarah's like looks like he's putting on that big boy muscle. Now I don't know if it was the haircut or what it was, but like he definitely looks like he's he always had the technique, always had the movement, but now he's got the power behind those shots. And then the cardio is obviously there. The length really showed on some of those grappling where he was able to grab the ankle of Kroom at one point to prevent that takedown position. It's just like he's so much longer than these opponents. Um, there, yeah. there was just, there was just it, no point in that fight that Caceres was was like worse than Kroom. He was better in all aspects. I mean, he was better striking. He had better power. I mean, listen, hats off to Kroom because he was gassed after four minutes and the fact that he didn't get finished. Like I I was messaging Aaron throughout that fight and I said, I think round two, he's done. And then I was like, okay, he didn't get finished in round two, but he's definitely getting finished in round three and he's wobbling. And you could tell like he was laboring to get up after Caceres, you know, had had stuffed the takedown, Kroom's on, on the ground and he could barely get up. And I at that point, I'm like, oh, man, I kind of just want this fight to be over. Like Kroom's a friend of our show and like, at that point, like he just didn't have it tonight. He just did not have it at all. Yeah, it, it was, you know, Kevin Kroom, we love you. You're the man. Um, it was just a hard fight to watch. And I think, Aaron, you're kind of right. You know, we see the Roosevelt Ro Roberts fight and that obviously just jacks up his stock a thousand percent. Everyone gets all hyped on that, like one quick submission but we don't we haven't really seen him before that. He's not on national television. We don't really know his game. And yes, he blew his, his gas tank early. Um, and then from that point on, it was just kind of sloppy work. He was one for 16 in his takedowns, but those takedowns were like 50% effort, and he was just not even going in to finish them. He was just tired and he was just kind of like crawling on the floor almost. It, it was kind of hard to watch. Um, gas tank was empty, heart was still there. That's absolutely true. That was the thing. He always kept coming. He had like seven minutes of control. Like he was able to, you know, I thought I personally thought that he had had stolen one of those rounds. I think it was it maybe round two. Like he had the control. I don't think Caceres really did too there much. There was to two take ten it. eight rounds. But there. then the two ten eight <laughs> rounds, I was like, oh man, I that was wishful thinking, maybe on my part. But that was a tough, tough look for glory. Six, sir. Uh, but you know, it's like it the, like it is why you get cautious when you see a debut and it's a 30 second finish all of a sudden the inflation on the guy compared to if for example alexander hernandez he got a 30 second finish on benil dariush and that shot his stock up to a point that he still became a favorite against tiago moises all this time later, Tiago Moises was one of my biggest dogs on this card. Same, man. Yeah. I was telling everyone. Like, how long is Hernandez going to get off of this 45-second win over Alex or over Benil Dariush? Because if Benil Dariush and Alexander Hernandez fought for 15 minutes, who wins that fight? Benil Dariush. Hands down. Eight out of ten times. Hands down. Like, that's my point. That's why with this Gane Rosenstruck, you get so much more information than if Gane just goes out there and starches them in 42 seconds. And you're just like, oh, my God. Like, you can't do that every time. You don't do that most of the time. You almost never do that in the UFC. So you, what you can do almost every time in the UFC and win is go the distance and be the better, like, control 
the mental hurdles. And like, again, like that's something you don't see out of Kroom in a 31 second guillotine choke of a guy who fucked up three or four times in the UFC before they cut him in Roosevelt yeah. Roberts. I, I think going to that point, like you see, like with Cyril gone, like he was getting all these finishes and like it kind of like the Shamayev effect too, where they, they end up, uh, these fights end so quickly that you speculate in their next fights. You speculate because you don't know. And when you go five minutes or five rounds like this, 25 minutes and you look great, you answered all the questions. We know who Cyril gone is mm-hmm. Kevin Kroom. We didn't know who he was. We did yeah. not know who he was. And I think, Caceres, amazing fighter, definitely a ton of respect to him. Now he's on a four-fight win streak. He looks really good, so a lot of credit to him. But Kevin Kroom was exposed tonight. I think one of the biggest issues with Kroom tonight was he didn't trust his stand-up at all. He didn't even yeah. he didn't even immediately attempt, went for the ground. Didn't even attempt to strike. Which in the Roosevelt Roberts fight, he landed a strike that led to the fight being you know him getting a submission. So. You know, he was just pressing to, for a takedown to try to sub Caceres, which who knows if he would have even gotten. But to me, like Caceres might have been the better striker, but we wouldn't even know because he didn't even attempt to strike with him at all. And eventually, eventually, if you game plan to wrestle the whole entire time after the first five takedowns, if you haven't hit them, the game plan's got to change. And and. You know, I don't know necessarily what was going on in the corners because honestly, they don't show it that much on fight night. So I don't know what Kraus was saying, but based on what everyone tells me and how good of a coach Kraus is, I know that at one point one of the one of the uh, commentators said that Kraus told Kroom like you gotta you gotta stand up, you gotta trust your stand up at this point, and he I, he had no confidence and. You know, that's that's he would have to me, like if he lost the fight, he lost the fight, whatever. But I think it was more so the fact that he just didn't like the game plan and the the not even attempting to strike the entire fight was just demoralizing for the most part for me. Like, I think that's what sucked the most. But listen, I think Kevin Kroom is a good vet. I think that he's going to get another shot in the UFC. I think he has. I think. It's not that I don't think he couldn't beat Alex Caceres. I just think the game plan didn't work, and Caceres has more experience at that, you know, against better competition in his career. I think Kroom needs to go back and refine some things and, um, you know, better game plan next time. But at the end of the day, Alex Caceres definitely needs top 15 opponent four fight win streak. He's looked as good as he ever has. It's time for him to really start entering that conversation. And like Aaron said, I really think that he's just very well-rounded. I think he uses mm-hmm. his length and reach very, very well. And, you know, I was still impressed with him and his gas tank was good because defending takedowns the entire time is not easy. And he, you know, he did it well. And, you know, he, he was trying for the finish up until the bell rang. So I was also impressed by Caceres. And that answered a lot of questions for me because I've been a one Caceres kind of critic because early on in his career, he was bad. So, but then I did want, I did want to touch on, uh, as long as uh, Steve doesn't have anything to add to that, Alexander Hernandez, that guy, I hate him so much. I was messaging Aaron. Like he is probably one of my least favorite fighters in the UFC. Like there's like Greg Hardy and then there's Alexander Hernandez. (laughs) I just cannot. There's just something about him. He is the most unlikable guy. He thinks he's so good. He has not beaten. He beat Benil Dariush and that's it. Like his last win was, Obon St. Mary or OAM, whatever, you know? Yeah. And, and 
like he goes out and he and Tiago Moises, let me just say, has become one of my favorite fighters to watch. He is, I think, and just imagine like he has a wrestling Brazilian jiu-jitsu game and he doesn't even he didn't even use it. He's just out there trying to knock him out. I think if he would have used that, he would have had an even better advantage. And Aaron has something to add. I want to hear what, what he's got to say. Yeah, so I I do like Moises. <clears throat> I do not love his game plan in this fight at all. I agree. I think that it really was making me sweat quite a bit. Um, there's a guy I'll bring up quite a bit. His name's Jorge Grigel. Old school MMA fans will know who this guy is. He was a BJJ black belt who got a couple knockouts and all of a sudden forgot he was a BJJ black belt. And my thing with Moises is in a lot of these fights, even the first round against Michael Johnson in the last fight, he forgot he was a BJJ black belt. And then he shot for that. Um, he got the clinch and went for the heel hook and got it. He doesn't have wrestling. Moises does not know. Moises needs to learn how to wrestle. I definitely had him all day as a dog, though, in this spot. I think him as a dog was crazy, crazy value. I get, I get Dave Davis as a dog, which we'll talk to and talk about in a minute. But having Moises as a dog seemed like one of these. I just don't understand what the odds makers were seeing, recent competition, recent performances how they matched up everything. I just think that was all day dog money. I hope that you nailed Moises. Seriously, how and you bet Hernandez I want to talk to you. Because I, I want to know I want to know how Hernandez beats his last guy, which we don't even know his name. And then Fucker. Moises <laughs> Yes, there you go. And and Moises put on a great performance against Bobby Green, who I love Bobby Green. Bobby Green's one of those guys who's always game, always ready to fight. He's he's very, very good fighter. Mm-hmm. And then he, Moises comes in as a dog. Like that's just it didn't make any yeah. sense. I totally agree with Aaron. And I'm not, I'm not like I'm not a guy that's like huge into betting. I don't give betting yeah. advice to people, but I knew just from watching UFC, I'm like, how is this even a thing? I, you know, I locked it in right away in the beginning of the week when I saw Moises was an underdog. It made no sense to me at all. Yeah. One of the ways when I'm like doing a little bit of my breakdowns and getting ready to do my prep before I look at the lines, I I'll do my breakdowns and then I'll make my assumptions about who the favorite is. I did my breakdowns of Hernandez and Moises. And I was like, all right, definitely looked at their last few performances. And like, okay, Moises, even though he beat Grootsmacher going from Grootsmacher and Moises, that's like, Several steps up, I think Bobby Green beats Hernandez, and Moises and Green was a good fight. But again, went 15 minutes. Moises at 25 years old gets that extra octagon time. He got the win, even though some say he didn't. He got the win. He probably realizes that he didn't fight well enough to really get the win, so he still improved and reacted as if it was a loss. But it's a win for him, and so he gets that extra money to be able to keep the training at a high, you know, level. Cause he's talking about like, he wants a house. He obviously doesn't have a bunch of money yet at this level of his career. So getting the win bonus is huge for his preparation for the next fight. And as long as he has enough self-awareness, he realizes I kind of lost that fight to Bobby green, but I didn't, I got the win, but you know, so I get to move forward. And again, going from her green to Hernandez, it's pretty lateral in terms of skill, less in terms of experience because Hernandez is way less time. And then, you know, I, I did like how Moises looked. I just didn't like that. I didn't see the wrestling. Um, and I think that at times he was really, you know, throwing some kind of sloppy hooks that against a better striker are going to be taken advantage of. 
Yeah, I, I don't have too much to add. I feel like you guys just kind of nailed that one. It, it was, you know, it was a very close fight. You have 53 significant strikes to 50. You know, it was close by the numbers. And now, but now you talk about Moises on a three fight win streak with, you know, now three good names on his resume. So I am looking forward to seeing him continue to climb. But that, yeah, that plus 180 was, um, I think that's what they call free money. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was, I mean, Vegas gets these off. That's why you go top to bottom. Uh, the prelims were littered with good prices. Yeah, I, I love I love Moises. I love his leg kicks. I love I I think he has legit ability to to make a run and be really really good. I I just and his the thing is the strike the strikes were close, but it was just the ways that like his counter striking and and just the damage he was putting on Hernandez <laughs> versus yeah compared to what Hernandez was doing is uh is just yeah I, I agree I, I agree with you. If I don't think. I think Hernandez is the kind of guy who, once he's out of the UFC, that's going to really hurt his overall mm-hmm. mental game. And I think you could really see a continued skid, similar to like when a Justin Lawrence. Remember Justin Lawrence? Probably don't. But Justin Lawrence, he was like a like the Karate Kid back on Tough, and like came out of Tough and was awesome. Look mm-hmm. at Justin Lawrence once he left the UFC. Look at Justin Scoggins once he left the UFC. These guys who are uber prospects in the UFC then have a few losses and then it's like, oh, but they'll go they kinda once they lose that at Sage North cut. Another example. These super prospects who are crowned before anything is really and Hernandez, I think, could be a guy once he's out of the UFC, it could really even hurt his game more. Uh so I don't think he'd be that great in the PFL either. I think there's all those crazy Dagestanis that the PFL just seems to churn out like just you're like, well, they have another Russian over there. Like that's all they have over in the PFL is Russians and, you know, Anthony Pettis. So that's my opinion on Hernandez. I think Hernandez's best day was when he knocked out Benil Dariush, and he's never been able to cash that check again. I also wanted to ask what you guys thought of Dustin Jacoby because I was I was unimpressed with, with him as well. I mean, he helped me win money, but, um, you know, I wasn't – his last fight, I wasn't that impressed. He ended up getting the win, but, like, he's just – he, I, I just feel like he doesn't fight smart. I just didn't. In, I just back against the cage. He wears a lot of shots. You know, he he was supposed to have the striking advantage in that fight, and it just, I don't know. I, I'm not very impressed with him either. I think that if he gets a really, uh, really tough loss in the next, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be around much longer. I just was not impressed with him either. He was yeah. one of my guys that I was kind of like, eh. I don't know if he's going to be around much longer. He's one. He's two and zero in his. Recent run in the UFC, he beat a guy who was off by six pounds. Uh, you know, so again, I just think that that has to be taken into a little bit of account here. But yeah, Jacoby's one one dimensional. He's a kickboxer who is a pretty good kickboxer. Um, you know, but not not world class elite. Um, he showed that when he was in Glory, uh, but you know. I think that with Grecian, you know, I, I just don't really judge his performance because he lost by six. He was off by six pounds. Uh, I'm okay with the judges giving a clearly wrong decision. I think that you should have to win by 30% more also when you miss by weight. I just think that missing weight is such a un, you know, such an advantage that, you know, I'm going to give Jacoby a slight pass um, and just I want to see him against somebody else. Um, yeah. I don't think really move them forward but 
I don't think it, we're counting down the days until Jacoby is out of the UFC quite yet. But again, Steve and I actually have yeah, a theory it, that when fighters lose weight or miss weight, they're actually worse because I don't know, something like we, we were talking about it from a betting standpoint that every time someone miss weight, they always seem to lose, at least since we've been doing this show. It didn't used to be the case. That used to really not. And it all depends on the amount of a weight miss. When you miss by five and a half pounds, that means you cut off the weight cut the night before and you're like really not killing yourself to the degree of maybe your opponent. Dustin Jacoby just happens to probably fight around 205 anyway. I don't think Dustin Jacoby's cutting any or too much weight to get to light heavyweight. So I don't think this, but if this was, if he was fighting a guy who really cuts hard to get to 205, that could have been a really huge key. And I do think that's the reason Grecian was going to be able to go so hard. He cut six less pounds. That's a lot of weight not to cut, you know, when you're cutting from heavyweight, which Grecian was because he was fighting at heavyweight before this. So, yeah. Yeah, that was, a- I, it was a, not a great start to the card. And I, I thought Maxime won that fight. I just thought he dealt more damage straight up. That's what, it, you know, it was pretty visual to see that. And it just, I had Jacoby in that one, you know, shout out to Aaron, the dog and Dave for that pick, but I definitely could have easily seen that just going straight to Maxime. It should have, but he yeah. just fuck him. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> like sometimes and, it- well, Paul Felder was on commentary too. I'm surprised he didn't say that. Yeah. I just, yeah, True. I, I would be more okay. If in these fights where there really isn't a winner, if it's like, yeah, he missed weight by six pounds though. Like, it's like, sorry. Like, it's unlucky. Like, Grishin, no, they all knew. It is what it is. Like, don't miss weight by six pounds. And then you Yeah, th- there needs to be more of a punishment, let's be honest. I think I think Izzy was the one who kind of said it, but it was like, you know, take a lot more of their purse or, or take harsher steps because it's really unacceptable at that point. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Um, do we want to get to the last? I just want to get to the last couple fights real quick before we. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Ronnie Lawrence. Um, oh yeah, I'm 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 much more sold now. Uh, if you listen to me on Thursday, I, I was did. cautious, man. I was worried. I you guys also it. said you also said that after this fight, it's gonna skyrocket his price, and then he's gonna get you got to bet against him. I don't think I can bet against him, dude. <laughs> no, him, but his price might be like a minus five hundred type of price, and but I'm thinking they're like. Dana White's made it very clear he really likes Ronnie. Um, Ronnie's young. He's only got seven fights. They're going to put him against a guy like maybe Maraz, the guy that Umar Nurmagomedov just whooped on. I think they might just like give him a couple more of these opportunities to German suplex some folks. Um, yeah. and things like that. Uh, these things that are really going to get you excited about a guy who's come out of nowhere, man. I saw Ronnie Lawrence on LFA like, two, three years ago, like, I was like, all right, like, he won a decision, he lost a decision, I saw, like, but, like, man, that that guy looks incredible, and, like, before the fight, I was, like, talking to Dave, I was like, man, like, what is he really going to be able to do here that's going to make me not completely fade him in his next fight, and I think he kind of did what he needed to do, man, like, Kachero, you can wrestle, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, he can wrestle, he can strike, he's got a really clear, good gas tank, and uh, he put this away by strikes. I thought he was really only going to be able to put this away uh, by submission if he was. Cachero is one in three in his last four, but 
he lost by decision in those fights and like did not look this outclassed. I mean, Ronnie Lawrence is the real deal. Dude, he hit if when you can wrestle like that and just when you can push a pace like that and not just like he got up like he was fine and not have like not even breathe heavy. Yeah. That's when you know someone is just a real problem. When you have cardio like that and can just handle the competition like it was no no issue. Who no matter who you're fighting, he I don't care. A long time too. He put him away like two yeah. or three times. That ref wanted death. Yeah, he several times. He must have been taking them Herb Dean. Yeah. Herb Dean on the main card, guys. Herb Again, Dean on the main event. He was he was main super event. involved. He was super involved today. He was stopping the fight left he was and chirping right. Him. He was you like, got, guys, you got get busy. Come on. You got an eye poke. You got hitting the balls again. Like, yeah, stop, I stop, stop. I want to get my sprints in, boys. Come I got to get my yeah. steps in today. Hold on. Let me stand as far away as I can. He must have listened to the Herb show. Dean. He must have seen the memes all week. Like, he's a fucking oh, yeah. meme. Herb is a meme. But he's got to be aware. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Lawrence, uh, the only finish on the card, for one. So uh, he got a performance of the night, I'm sure. And he maintains his status as Dana's golden boy. So he's going to get some super nice matchups. And you're going to see him as a minus 450. So I'm not going to be able to really bet him. But he's a parlay piece next time, most likely, against, yeah. some, against somebody who's he's going to outclass. It was nice uh, taking – so I had the parlay the first three – fights of the night and you know the jacoby one you're sweating that one out the whole time you end up getting that one and then just watching um ronnie lawrence in there it was just you knew what was going to happen it felt very easy going watching that fight he had eight out of nine takedowns threw over 100 strikes that was just perfect to have in the parlay yeah and then i also i kept i had all three i had davis uh as my first dog of the night and she didn't make it much of a sweat either man like i wish yeah. i would have better i didn't she better Mazo, this is a case where you saw if you go on topology, you see three red marks next to Davis in her last three fights, no fights in 2020. But the level of competition, the experience, the the overall MMA game all tick for uh all tick for and so yeah, I just was really impressed by her. Um I, she's not done yet. She's like the last of the old school kind of first generation UFC fighters. Holm wasn't even in the first generation of the UFC. Like she was kind of the second generation that came in. Davis has been in from the jump, man. Uh, she came, came back from some huge, huge injuries. And yeah, she killed it. Uh, plus 205 underdog for me. Love it. <laughs> All right, David Thomason says, hey, you guys rock. See you next week. Herb, I'm fine. I'm just laying down, bro. <laughs> That's hysterical. Um, Thanks, Dave. Yeah, right. I did. I actually wish I would have put money on on Davis. I didn't. I kind of shied away from a lot of the, the female fights today. Um, I did put money on Yoder. Obviously, that fight got got canceled. I, I liked Yoder at the the money that that was um, she was an underdog. So I liked that. I also did put five bucks on Bueno Silva to get a sub. And that fight, she should have won the fight. She got a point taken away in round one due to uh, the fence grab, but um, which was great. That, that was good refing. But, um, you know, that was honestly, I was kind of impressed by both. I thought Bueno Silva looked decent on, on the feet, and I thought De La Rosa looked pretty decent on the feet. Um, I was expecting a little bit more on the ground. Like, Bueno Silva was very scared to get on the ground. Like, 
She was trying to stuff every single takedown, did not want to fight on her back at all, which we see sometimes with these really good Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters. They don't really care if they get taken down because they're dangerous off her back. De La Rosa has a pretty decent sub game as well. So Bueno Silva was pretty, pretty nervous and didn't really want to fight off her back. So after I saw that, I was like, damn, there goes five bucks. But um, it's all right, though. It was still a good fight. It was one of the better fights of the night, in my opinion. And uh, I thought Bueno Silva and Mon or, and yeah, Montana De La Rosa, I thought they both fought um, pretty, pretty well. Uh, I do like the points taken away, though. Obviously, yes. that was a blatant fence grab. Like that would have changed. That could have changed the fight. You know, she could have taken her down we and, and gotten a finish or whatever. You don't know. That's a dominant position. And to just, you know, obviously, I think they should take a point away and put her in, in a dominant position. In my opinion, I think that that would definitely deter her because she almost did it again. Once the, the fight was on yeah. the on the on the she fence, did. she well, she did it before the points were taken away too, right? And they didn't see it because I know comment commentary was talking about it. And then when she actually grabbed it when she was getting taken down, that's when he finally took the point away. But they should yeah. take the point away and put her in the the least dominant position. Yeah, it's it's just about damn time that they've actually started doing. I mean, they never. How many times do we hear like, "Don't grab the." cage don't grab the cage don't grab the cage and they everyone always grabs the cage it's like the first time we've actually seen a point deducted from someone's score so that needs to happen more often because that's the only way you're going to get people to really stop let's be honest people are going to do it until you get a point taken away yeah and just a little betting tip you know when when there's low to mid-level women mma and it's plus 200 take the dog you'll make money over time Take the dog. Well, I, I was going to take her, and I did. I just I was like, I really like sub here. Screw it. Seven wins, five of them by submission. You Why like not? doing that. It. You like trying to pick I, listen, the, the exact I, thing. I, it's, not, it's not like I bet. I don't bet uber money. Like, if I bet a lot of money, I'm going to play it safe. I'm not, a, I'm not that wild. God, I have kids and a wife. I'm not going to sit here yeah, and bet yeah. my house on but the fact that I, I just bet it because I think it's fun. It makes it more exhilarating for me. Yeah. Prop, prop hunting in MMA is a way to definitely lose whatever hair you have left under that hat. I don't have any, so that's all right. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't listen. It's five bucks. He's a man with nothing to lose, folks. It's, well, for it's every also, Tom Aspinall, there's like what thirty that you probably lose. Yeah, but the thing is, bad. if I bet thirty Tom Aspinalls and I hit one, I practically still made my money, so it's fine. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, correct. Yeah, you know, and it is, listen. It is a, the the Munos, the Munos and the Munos and uh Rivera fight, I said under two and a half, and it almost happened. It almost happened. A couple more yeah. leg kicks and that fight gets stopped. So yeah. I almost hit another one. And then, you know, Krilov, I know that he lost and round three was actually his worst, but if I would if Krilov would have landed a crazy strike and or whatever in round three, I would have made quadruple what I bet. Like so uh, you're, I, you're crazy. Yeah, You're well, crazy. You put $70 on Kevin Kroom. I don't want to hear it. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, We're that's personal information. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about this off of off the live air. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, is there anything besides – anything left besides the superlatives for us? Uh, unless you – no, I think that's it. No, no this yeah. people need to see the real us. It's okay, Steve. I still love you. That was my biggest bet that I've placed in – Oh, no, Dan Hooker was my biggest bet that I lost this year, but that was my second one. Listen, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm never going to bet a lot of money. Ten bucks is the most you're going to get out of me, so I'm a cheap bastard. All right, you keep prop on <laughs> I will. And then when the days that I win, I'm going to be hyped as hell. I'm just telling oh, you. God. <laughs>
It makes for great content. All right, Carrie, run it for the freaking support superlatives. Let's go. I can't even talk now. Ladies and gents, it is that time, the sheath superlatives of the night. Go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code COFFEENKOs, and get 20% off your entire order. Sheath underwear are the best underwear around. Steve, tell me about your sheath underwear before we get going. Sheath underwear, man. I, I feel like you put it the best way. You were saying once you go from like normal, just generic brand underwear to something, I'll call it... Um, some elaborate, luxurious underwear, game changer. I, I was actually a little sus of it to begin with, but no, complete game changer. I love it. Yeah, when you have, when you can just get everything in a nice compartmentalized organization down there, it's just, it's the best feeling in the world. Aaron, go get yourself some sheath underwear. You do that, go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code coffee and KOs, and you can get 20% off your entire purchase. Don't forget to sheath your dagger. Fellas, our favorite part of the night. I feel like we always have some good laughs with this. It's a tough one, though. This is a tough night for superlatives. You got You might have to get a little crafty on this one because, it, like I said, it was a little bit of a snooze fest. Um, only nine fights, which, God, I don't even remember the last time there was a nine-fight card. Like I feel like that's just so little. Yeah. At least we complain fight. at 11. We had the eight-fight card when, like... Uh, Trevin Giles had like a heart attack in the background. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's uh -huh. yeah. And like last week, I mean, we had a fighter come out for a fight, <laughs> and like, the, the, like I mean, at least all the fighters both came out once. Yeah, that is true. Uh, like night, but yeah. Um. All right, so we'll, we'll change it up a little bit today. We'll let Aaron get the first one. Um. I'll get the second one, and then Steve, you get the third one, or do you want to get the second one, Steve? I'll let you pick um i'll take two okay so i'll go last as far as the so i'll start with i'll do the decaf um all right aaron you are first for jacked on caffeine let us have it yeah so uh the jacked on caffeine performance of the night i don't know if it was just by comparison and i'm not trying to pile on you guys or pat my <laughs> own back i'm going alex caceres here uh he looked like he got the caffeine and groom got the decaf uh, and it just showed throughout the fight. I, and I mean, Caceres usually shows out pretty well. Um, but yeah, what up, bro? Well, shout out to you as well. Um, but yeah, I just think that Caceres looks like uh, that vegan diet's not holding him back. Uh, he looked in great shape, looked to have good, um, good energy throughout. So I'll give him my uh, jacked of performance of the day. 10 years of vegan. I could never do it. That's all he I got to say. looks good, though. I mean, he looks yeah, he, good. No, he does. Yeah. Working. I could never do it. There's another fighter that's vegan, too. I mean, there's. I'm sure there's a bunch, but there's another big name that was vegan for... It's been vegan for a long time. I can't remember exactly who it is, but no, I could never live that lifestyle. That's a tough lifestyle, man. Yeah. He's putting on weight somehow. So, yeah. All right. So, I got the second spot here. I There's a few guys I want to give this one to. I I'll go with Cyril Gon. I'll give it to Cyril Gon. I think he does need the recognition on this one. Jack Don Caffeine performance of the night. You go against the number four ranked guy, super difficult, super dangerous opponent. And yes, call it a boring fight if that's what you want to call it. It was a smart fight. 
and he completely dominated every single aspect of this fight. And I just loved what Cyril Gon did here. I love that he's gonna he answered all the questions that we had about him. He's gonna freaking he's the he's the future champ. I do believe that. I think he has all the tools. I do think he needs to work on a few things here, but he really has all the makings to be great. And it's just coming out of complete left field, just having like under 20 pro with MMA and what Muay Thai. I think he was like seven to no only, but that was not too long ago. So this guy's a, an absolute stud. I gotta give him jacked on caffeine. Probably the most well-rounded heavyweight other than Stipe, right? You would think. Yep. Maybe yep. Aspinall, if Aspinall can really... But Aspinall needs, more, obviously, way more, way more competition. He's not there yet, but you know that's the only other guy I can see kind of with that same fight style, rather. Um, my jacked on caffeine, I'm going Ronnie Lawrence. I mean, how do you not go Ronnie Lawrence, man? He had the only finish of the night. The freaking takedowns were ridiculous. The pressure was ridiculous. Just everything about that performance. You know, he's going to get a bonus. He uh he just looked as good as you could look, man. He looked really, really good. And uh, I think that he's going to be a problem in that division, especially if he can keep that pace going. Um, you know, guys like that, that, that have a grueling fight style, they just seem to seem to make quick climbs, too. I mean, Colby Covington kind of fights with a ridiculous pace as well. Um, I really like Ronnie Lawrence. I really like that performance. And uh, we're going to see what happens. So he gets my jacked on caffeine performance of the night. Yeah, that's a good choice. He came out of nowhere, man. He just has come out of nowhere. The last guy I can remember to do this, even though he was on Tough, was Kevin Kelvin Gastelum. When Kelvin Gastelum was the last pick on Tough, and then just like had this wrestling style, this relentless pace to him. But you know, Lawrence isn't having the weight issues, and I mean, yeah, it's like, but this just out of nowhere, relentless. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what he has next. Great choice. Now we move to espresso shot of the night. This is a tough one. This is a real tough one. Steve, you got a toughie to start. Uh, to, to I got to start with. this one? Yeah, yeah. this is what you wanted. I gave you the choice, buddy. Uh, this, this is a brutal one. We did not have the card for espresso shot of the night. Let's say that. But if I had to choose, I'll, I'll go with Pedro Munoz and Jimmy Rivera because I really expected this to go on the ground a lot more. And these guys just came out swinging hard. And I really like to see that. And we saw some some big shots landed, and obviously uh, the leg kicks were a huge issue in there. So I just I really like the energy, the striking that we got to see from those two guys. So no one strike in particular, but just the back and forth that we got to see, I thought was worth this award. My espresso shot of the night. I don't have one goddamn thing written down because I don't know what. I mean, Munoz yeah. was going to be my guy because of the leg kicks. I was going to go with that. I'm going to make it a funny one. I'm going to go with one of the people in Cyril Gon's corner that was slapping the shit out of him before he got in the octagon. Oh. Uh, that guy probably landed the heaviest shots of the night. Um, and I, I mean, outside of the Munoz, Munoz fight. I mean, God, Gon was, if he can take those shots, he can take any shots. I mean, he was, that guy was really hitting them freaking good. Uh, so I'm, I don't know who that was, but I'm going to go with the guy in the corner for Cyril <laughs> Gon. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the, you know, Munoz leg kicks as well. Um, but honorable mention to the Alexis Davis uh, leg kicks as well, which was, you know, a huge difference in her being able to get those takedowns. Um, especially in the later rounds. I mean, Mazza was saying her legs hurt in the, you know, and it was just like once she got her down at the end, you knew she wasn't going to be able to get up just from the leg kicks. So, 
The honorable mention to Davis, but I gotta give it to Munoz. Those Man. definitely were the best shots of the night. I could have went Bueno Silva with the elbow that opened up De La Rosa. I could have went I mean, with that. Her eye was shut completely. That oh, yeah. eye, her yes. eye is going to look even worse tomorrow. So, so I can do that one. That that's I just thought of it now. There we go. That's so right. the other guy get the green haired person gets uh, honorable mention. All right. So now we go with the decaf performance. This is an easy one for me. I, I wanted to say main event in general, but I'm not going to do that to Cyril Gone because I do think he he answered a lot of questions. I'm just going to go with Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Um, you know, listen, I know the broadcast team was pretty annoying, but I got to agree with Bisbing for the most part of this one. Like, you got just got to go for broke. You know, you you're down how many rounds? That's a you know Cyril or Rosenstrike wins that fight. He's probably looking at close to a title shot at that point. Um, you know, you got to go. You got to go for broke. He had. I'm not going to say he didn't have a game plan, but he just just way too timid, fought back against the cage the entire time, and that's nothing against Cyril Gaon. You know, Cyril Gaon, obviously, he, there was something with Cyril Gaon that was making Rosenstrike so hesitant, um, but at the end of the day, you got to go for broke, and that was one of the more boring performances I've seen probably since Lewis and Ganu. and that's, you know, not necessarily on Gaon's part, more so on Rosenstrike's part, you know, especially the fifth round, like the fifth round, you've already been dominated. It's not like it's not like he was extra tired. Like it's not like Gon was pushing a crazy pace to the point where Gon or Rosenstrike's defending takedowns and a million shots. Like he had more than enough energy to try to go for broke and get a knockout. He didn't. He had a you know it just just a piss poor performance in my opinion. Um, hats off to Gon Rosenstrike. Back to the drawing boards. Hopefully he comes back and uh, gets a couple big knockouts and tries to reinsert himself back uh, into that title contention. But I think he needs to get another win or two, maybe even three. Like he really needs to come out and put on good performances. Like that was not many times. I feel like when you lose, it sets you back a lot, but that was just bad. Like you just didn't do anything. He was, he was nine seconds away from a 50, 45 against Overeem too. So yeah, honestly, same it's the same fight as this one, except he didn't have a leaping hook at the end. Yep. So he's so shown he's that. overhyped a little bit then. I he mean, is. it's he's just one of these fighters who I don't think he's much of a tactician. I think yep. he's a hammer. And when he can't hammer the nail, I don't think he knows what to do. Agreed. He, he's gonna he's gonna get some nice knockouts. Is he ever gonna get the belt? Probably not. No. Yeah, get too, many, Al- too many will a junior Albini, give him a Alexio Linick. You know, guys who will, like no head movement, who he can connect with, but otherwise, uh, Derek Lewis, these guys, no. Am I second? Uh, I think Aaron would be second. Okay. Um, I'll go. God, I really don't want to pile on this guy. Uh, I'm gonna do it if you don't. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Kevin Kroom. Uh, he really. Uh, I I get it that takedowns are tough, but. Uh, if you're going to do a game plan, you got to make sure to be able to do it for longer than four minutes. And uh, it was all heart for 10 minutes after that, but you don't get, you know, you don't get heart from your espresso. Uh, you get heart just from within. So, you know, he decided to leave the morning without his coffee. It's like, you know, you don't have the filters at home, whatever. The coffee machine isn't working. It's like a guy go to work anyways. You got to just struggle through that day. That's what it looked like Kroom did. It's like, yeah, he did his job technically, didn't get finished, uh, but he just wasn't there. Um, and 
Like, uh, I've seen him fight a lot, and I haven't ever seen him fight kind of that gas. Usually he'll go out and maybe get finished or something, but he just kind of had a game plan he couldn't really live up to. So I'll go with Kroon. Zach, do I have your permission to to maybe second that? Listen, you were the one that told me we can't. If you want to do it, I go know for I was it. gonna I was gonna <laughs> say I feel like I have to do it. And he know I know that he knows what he did. And it's <laughs> you sound like an upset parent. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm trying to be oh, like, you know. <laughs> it's like your dog friend. pissed on the floor and he knows yes. he's not supposed yes. to do it. That's exactly <laughs> what this is. It's friend to friend. It's just like no hard feelings. I know that he knows what happened out there. And it was just, it was disappointing. And he had, it was just a very big opportunity for him to go in there against a, a big name like Alex Caceres, who's been around the block a lot. And if you put on at least, you have to get, put on a better performance, you know, like a nice split decision where it's controversial. You went out there, you put it all on the line, but it was just all on the line, like you said, in the first three, four minutes. So I, I just was disappointed in the performance. I know he will come back. And his next fight stronger, and he's gonna get that win in the next one. But you know, I, I just yeah, dad talk. I just I had you a lot of expectations for you. Of dad. From opening a main card to opening the prelims for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, listen. Yeah. I, I think Kroom has the making. He has, as far as outside of the octagon, his personality, everything has the makings to be. People will love him. Is he just, Springer still in the UFC? The guy Casares kind of schooled. The other like white wrestler that he schooled who looks just like Kevin Kroom, Austin Springer. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> because if he was still in, I'd say Austin Springer versus Kevin Kroom open <laughs> UFC fight night card. And that's where Kroom gets back in the maybe, you know, like a Jacob Kilburn. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know where Kroom goes from here. I think that there's those are just a couple things that need to be addressed. I don't think he gets cut. I think that he has another shot. Um, but he definitely, I think next shot though, he definitely has to do something with it. I think he gets one more fight. He really needs to do something with it, especially right now. The UFC, you get two losses. If you have a losing record in the UFC, you're not staying. It's just, that's just what's been happening. It's, it's clear as day. And he, and like you said, Steve, he knows. He, he knows. I know. He knows. I know. He, yeah. So I think that if, if we were to have him on the show tomorrow, I think he would totally agree um no. with you and and listen we still love kevin croom we're a pro kevin croom podcast we're always gonna root for kevin croom um but uh no i agree i think that, i think that he needs to he needs to work on some things dave is for the uh, right for now. the record springer was released and then retired so that's not gonna happen to Kroom. okay that's not gonna happen it's true they just have to look alike never mind yeah, I don't know what's I gotta look at the look at all the people on that in that division and see where obviously where they where he can who he can fight. But um yeah, no relatives for Kroom, not the ones you probably were hoping that to... we we won't tag him in those. <laughs> yeah, we're not we only tag the that. we only tag the winners. Although I could have said Alexander Hernandez because that guy's a punk. Steve, you could have done that one. Instead, you went with our friend. You're mean. I'm not mean. <laughs> You're mean. You're I was going to say Rosenstrike, but he know Kroom knows. He knows. <laughs> Not that, oh, no. man. That might have been the best part of this show. Yeah. That, go to your room, everybody. Yes. <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> man, Kroom, when we go to, oh, when we go to, when we go to, Ms., or what is it, Kansas City to, yeah. uh, to do the Olympics, he's going to choke you out, Steve. 
he knows. Or or if I no, never mind. I'm not gonna. Don't say, say it. Don't <laughs> say it, dude. You were gonna say. No, I didn't say, say anything. It. You were I'm gonna good. say something. I'm good. I knew you were gonna say. Man, if Kroom listens to this, you're done. He is gonna. He's yeah, gonna choke you out. We're about to have a crazy recap next week, though. Triple. Yeah. Nice 3 uh, a.m.er, huh? Yeah, I am ready for that. That's yeah, I'll listen. Yeah. That's 3 a.m., but it's gonna be well worth it. That card is so damn dude. good. The prelims are fire. Like there are oh, so hard. many. Dude, Rockich Santos to open the main card. Like, yeah. let's fucking go. Insane. I can't wait for next week. Yeah, listen, guys, on Monday, we have a huge show on Monday. We got our boy Josh Byers, who uh, has been on our show before. He's going to come hang out with us. Jackie, a.k.a. Boston Comments, is going to be with us as well. So we're going to have a four, five-person show on Monday. Um, we have a special special show on Saturday afternoon, morning-ish, morning their time, afternoon for us. Grant Dawson and his girlfriend, L are going to be joining us Saturday morning. They're going to join Steve and I. We're going to break down every fight. They have two teammates. They got Megan Anderson and Tim Elliott fighting on Saturday. So they're going to hang out with us Saturday live and uh, talk about – they're going to break down all the fights and talk fights with us for about an hour, hour and a half. So um, stay tuned for that too. Saturday is going to be an electric day. We're going to have a crazy preview show basically on Saturday morning before the fights start. And then we're going to have the recap show after on the Fight Bananas channel. And then Monday, we have a huge interview. O'Day Osborne, we're interviewing O'Day Osborne on Monday. And then we'll also do our preview show with Jackie and Josh, which you're not going to want to miss. Those guys always, well, guy and girl, bring the energy all the time. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a really, really fun show. So we're really, really excited for all of this. It's going to be, it's going to be electric. This week is awesome. This is a big week. If you're an MMA fan, it's like Saturday is like a Super Bowl. Like this is going to be one of the best cards of the year, hands down. Some might say it's going to be bananas. Mm-hmm. Some might say that. Some, some. Fight bananas. Anything else to add for the good of the cause, Steve? You disappointed Dad. I've done enough for tonight. <laughs> I've said enough. He's got to go to bed. He's he's pissed. Yeah, he's he's real upset. Uh yeah, no, just uh, we'll definitely be providing the breakdowns this week between Coffee and KOs and Fight Bananas. I'll be back on Thursday as well, live at 8 p.m. with Fighter to be named. Uh, but uh, we're figuring that out right now. But uh, I will be uh, breaking it down with someone who punches people in the face for a living. So uh, make stay- sure you guys uh, check that out because Aaron won everyone money today. So make he sure wins you check money. it out. He, he wins it. money. He knows more than about betting than we do. We just make frivolous bets and because we're dumb. So wow, that's Zach what we do. Does, but. <laughs> Steve, no, you're part of the show, so you're you're part of that now. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Listen, you just made those comments about Kroom. My name is attached oh. to Coffee and KO, so he's going to want to beat me up too, so I don't want to hear it. Can I just okay. say re- real quick, the cafe parlay, I think for the second week in a row, three of four, both times, three out of four. Yeah, it's it's like almost. Mm-hmm. Just almost. It doesn't count. Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, buddy. And fishing. No, it doesn't. It doesn't count in fishing at all. <laughs> I don't know what you it. fish for, but it counts the least. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's like I almost caught the big one. Like, oh, the one that got away. Not what you. Yeah, no, that doesn't count. He knows it's gonna be. A- he knows. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. You need to be done after that. Carry. 
Go to your that's going to do it. All right, everyone. That's going to do it for the Coffee and KOs podcast. You can find us on all podcasting platforms. You can also find us on YouTube on this channel. You're actually watching us right now. We're here on Saturdays on the Fight Bananas YouTube channel. And then on Mondays, we are on our own YouTube channel, Coffee and KOs. You can find us on all social media platforms at Coffee and KOs 1. Make sure you go to sheathunderwear.com. That's what this show is brought to you by. Sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code Coffee and KOs. Get 20% off your entire purchase. It's been fun, everyone, and we will see you next time.